Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about rationalizing the security stack, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with Mark Butler. He's the CISO with Qualys. Mark, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here. So, Mark, as you know, one of the things that we hear consistently from security leaders is they've got seven of everything. There's just so much that they're managing in their security stack. So my question for you as a longtime security leader is, how did we get to this point? As most security professionals know and, and as most security practitioners know, you know, we have 30, 40, 50 security tools in a lot of large organizations, and there was a reason and a point in time that each one of those tools was evaluated, was selected, was purchased, and was implemented. And each one of those decisions probably made sense at the time, but without an architectural and a governance strategy of how are these tools going to fit together? How are these tools going to talk to each other? How are we going to get data out of multiple disparate systems and make sense of them? You know, without a, an overall strategic governance process of, will this tool integrate with my data and analytics strategy? Will this tool integrate with any of my existing solutions? And how do we get these tools to talk together without some strategic governance over why are we building these set of tools and what are we deriving from a capability standpoint, we missed out on the opportunity to maybe choose a different tool, maybe choose a better process, or maybe even delay the purchase of a particular tool until we got our internal data analytics strategy figured out to determine where we wanted to land as far as type of analytics we wanted to perform across multiple solutions. So, Mark, over the years, we've seen organizations shift to what we call the best-of-breed approach, looking for the best of any product in the, the area that they're focused on. Talk to me about why that approach has some value, but why it also has failed security organizations to some extent. Yes, the, the best-of-breed approach is, a, is, again, it's a very valid approach. You want to choose the best product available, but you also need to make sure that you're looking at the use cases and the, the broadest set of use cases that you're trying to solve for. A lot of times what we've seen is, you know, maybe the, the best email filtering solution or the best malware sandboxing solution or the best next-gen firewall on its own is literally the best solution to choose. But again, it, it really relates to how does this integrate into your technology infrastructure ecosystem? How does it integrate into your ticketing solutions? How does it integrate into your data analytics strategy? Because if there's not those touch points available up front, you've just purchased and deployed an independent solution that's going to require, sometimes we've seen three to five times as much of the original investment to build it, maintain it, and operate it independently versus an integrated model. When we take more of a functional approach and a, and a data integration and data analytics approach, really the outcomes that we're after is about the quality of the data that we're getting out of the system, the accuracy of that data, and then how does it correlate with our existing asset information? How does it correlate with our existing risk profiles? How does it correlate with what we already know about our business and our revenue streams and our transaction models 
to determine how is this going to help us either better protect, better defend, or better respond to threats around those environments. So the best of breed approach, I think, at a high level and a simplistic level was appealing. And it made sense, and I think it was defensible to a limited degree. But when we really take a look at the overall operational um, mechanics, the operational overhead, and the operational costs of having multiple independent disparate solutions, we've literally seen uh, companies and enterprises with 30, 40, 50 tools that have spent anywhere from you know, three to five times the original investment for each one of those tools from an end-to-end investment standpoint, and that's not something that they had planned for from a budget, a people, a resourcing, um, or a support standpoint. And so we've seen a lot of security budgets get enlarged and um, grown to the point where they weren't planning to grow because of all these disparate solutions. So while the best-of-breed approach has value in and of itself as far as choosing the best solution at a point in time, it's also failed us as an industry because we've not forced the vendors and the ecosystems to talk to each other. And we're seeing a shift now with, you know, API, you know, every solution typically has an API available, whether that API gives you access to all the data, you know, is another question. And is it scalable and is it dynamic and and can you automate the, you know, ingestion of the data in and out of the systems? So really, we're, we're not talking about buying a point solution and deploying it. We're really talking about how do we automate data movement and classify and value that data in and out of systems in a broader risk-based approach to managing our environments. Mark, I'm going to back up and have a follow-up question for you about data integration. Why is it so hard, and what can we do to help ourselves going forward? It's a key element of not only making sure we have all the right information at our fingertips, it really boils down to what data elements do I really care about? I may not actually need all the data elements in all of my products, but the relationship between an endpoint alert related to network traffic, related to you know outbound uh, maybe traffic from a proxy server, um, which could result in maybe an infection of an endpoint, you know, those relationships across those data points from those different solutions is really where the value is. It's not necessarily the 50 data elements I can get from my endpoints or the the 30 data elements I can get from my network traffic or, um, you know, the 20 um, categories of web filters I have enabled, et cetera. It's really about what type of relationships mean something and what type of risk value am I going to uh, provide to those data relationships and how does that tell me of my most important assets and especially the ones that are externally facing, the ones that have the most sensitive data on them and the ones that could be accessible by third parties how do I make sure that there's nothing unusual running on those machines? How do I make sure that there's no unusual account activity? And how do I make sure, make sure there's no services that have been instantiated on those machines that weren't running there before and are doing something unusual from a behavioral standpoint? And so I think we get caught up on, I need all the data in one place and I need 
everything available to me and I need to analyze it all. And really, we set ourselves up for a little bit of a failure there because we're not going to be able to get all the logs from every device in one place um, with, you know, unlimited storage and unlimited uh, analytics capabilities. So we really need to prioritize our most important assets, our most critical data, and the risk and threats to those systems from a network, an endpoint, and a communication standpoint and leverage what we already know about our assets and our asset management databases and the business processes that are overlaying on top of those systems and leverage those to inform the data relationships that we really need to elevate to the most critical, which we can then alert on and follow up on from a response standpoint. Mark, we hear a lot these days, especially from the vendor community, about the need for automation or orchestration. I'm asking you as a security leader, where is this conversation about automation and orchestration headed, and why is that important compared to where it is today? Yeah, so automation in and of itself is obviously a very good thing. Orchestration is a goal that we all need to pursue across our disparate systems. But the challenge we have is automating in and of itself is a good thing if it helps us be able to determine a risk evaluation faster, determine a a breach or compromise situation faster. Um, If it's just internal process refinement or internal review of log activity faster, that may or may not be beneficial at the end of the day if we have millions of alerts that drive you know, multiple type of event scenarios and we only get to maybe 100 of those a day as a, as a team. The challenge we have in automation is what are the rules and what are the policies and what are the core thing that we're accomplishing by the automation, if it's speeding up existing known processes that are trusted and vetted and researched, then that's great. If we're automating things that we fully don't understand yet, we have the opportunity to miss things in that automation. And the orchestration between the tools is something that we're seeing a lot of activity and momentum around, which is great. But again, we have to understand the value of the orchestration what data is being pulled in what direction, how do we risk profile the data elements, and then at the end of the day, what system of record are we going to use from a go-forward incident handling standpoint if we do have an investigation, if we do have some type of breach or compromise scenario that we need to go research, what is our system of record which may be pulled from multiple data systems on multiple solutions but through the orchestration tools, we pulled out different data elements from different systems to create a risk profile that we can go take action on. And this needs to go both directions. It needs to go toward the vendors of, of giving us better capabilities of orchestration options, but it also needs to be worked back into the organizations as well because they have the best knowledge of which data elements within which systems mean the most from a risk standpoint. So I think it's a two-way street there. Mark, if you were to sum some of this up, what do you believe need to be some of the strategic imperatives for security leaders to move forward 
in this notion of rationalizing the security stack. As CISO of Qualys, I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of CIOs and CISOs, and there's three things that they come back with, and this has been very consistent. Can you help me with enabling the business? How can I move more quickly and be more agile? And then the third is I need to be able to see what's going on in my environment, and I need to see it at multiple levels of asset information, applications, network discovery, IoT devices, et cetera. So really it's about speed, agility, and visibility. But as we relate those to what that means from a CIO and CISO standpoint, it's critical to make sure that we not only are picking the best partners possible to go forward with, we're actually consolidating our security stacks to align with those. And so the whole DevOps movement is very exciting because infrastructure as code is a very different, fundamentally different model of building and deploying applications than we've had in the past with traditional code deployments and and physical servers or virtual servers, et cetera. And the hybrid cloud and the cloud adoption is also driving different ways of not only scaling services, but doing it in an automated way. But we also need to make sure that every time we leverage a hybrid cloud or a, or a public cloud environment, we need to understand who has access to that, who can set up and, and configure access controls, network access, um, data in and out of those environments, et cetera. And that all, all leads to ultimately a visibility story where we can risk profile what we have. And so when we talk to CIOs and CISOs, the speed, agility, and visibility themes come up continually. And ultimately, we're trying to enable the business. We're trying to do it in a way and through methods and through enablement capabilities, leveraging the cloud and leveraging speed and leveraging elastic compute capabilities. But all of that still requires levels of visibility, not only at a access control and a network and a data standpoint, um, but some of the benefits of the whole virtualization uh, container and orchestration layers really abstracts some of that and simplifies part of it. But the benefits that the security teams have is they, they at least know where those containers are built from. They know there's a trusted repository that's creating the files, that's producing the image, that gets deployed in a container and then is managed through some type of orchestration solution. So the whole life cycle of the whole DevOps movement is actually helping the security teams. But the challenge we've seen is the security teams need to change their mindset of how is code deployed, how is infrastructure deployed, and how are we maintaining the integrity of the environment. And part of that process will naturally simplify our security stack. It will naturally help us align our go-forward vendors, and it will help us simplify and optimize our spend. So this is a huge opportunity for security professionals, but it also helps the CIOs and the CISOs get to the outcomes of being able to respond faster, being able to pivot on behalf of the business, regardless of their demands and workloads and scale, needs, and then also we get visibility 
at layers that we didn't have before, but we've also simplified the architecture, which then benefits the simplification of the security stacks. Well, Mark, I feel like we've just scratched the surface, but this has been an excellent conversation. I look forward to, uh, to following up and, and talking more about this topic with you later. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you again. The topic has been rationalizing the security stack. and We've heard from Mark Butler. He's the CISO with Qualys. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.